Thank you for tuning in to Getting Weird. I'm Daria. I'm Christine. And today we're going to be talking about um, decluttering of the mind. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, before we hop onto that topic, let's just check in. Christine, how have you been doing this week? Been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having kind of a weird week. Um, one thing I do want to mention, uh, I had a, a dream last night, a uh, really interesting dream about this podcast last night. Um, I dreamt that our, a beverage was made from our podcast. Oh, and it was like a, it was like a fizzy water type like flavored fizzy water and some of them came with booze in them hmm, well, and naturally it was called yeah it was like a drink called getting weird and it the can was like you know our logo and you and I were in the grocery store and we spotted these beverages and we were like that's so cool someone made a drink about our show <laughs> but then we were kind of upset because because they were like selling out and we weren't getting any of <laughs> royalties or anything from it. We weren't getting a cut, but yet. So I'm hoping this show goes down nice and easy. Yeah. Guys. So what you're saying is that we should make a drink about our show. Mm -hmm. It could be like grape flavored. <laughs> like the logo's kind of purple. Yeah, purple and soda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's There's just booze a in it. Great in it. Um, yeah, it was like a fizzy. You know how they make those pre-made cocktails in cans? It was kind of like that. They had ones with rum. It was like a rum and fizzy water. Um, I don't know. Bizarro. But anyways, this week's been kind of odd. It's just been. I'm still doing a lot of inner work. It's been my theme of this uh, since the pandemic. So uh, doing a lot of that. Did some full moon rituals. I'll actually talk a little bit about um, the full moon release that I did. It's a fun little ritual and it doesn't have to be a full moon for everyone to, to participate in it. Um, I do just want to mention, uh, if you're listening, please do leave us uh, a nice review on iTunes. Uh, please, we have a, please, <laughs> we have a, we have a, an email. You can email us with comments or questions or suggestions. It's getting weird podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, please just drop us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you have a chance, it really helps us promote the podcast and get it out to more people. So it's wonderful. Do that little plug. Uh, Daria, what's you, what have you been up to this week? Anything fun? Um, well, I've been enjoying um, working a little bit more. I really feel grateful that in my job I get to interact with my patients so much and because I learn so much from them. And a lot of people right now are out of work or work is slow and whatnot and 
it's just a difficult time. But one of my patients, she's a runner and she was just saying, oh, well, you know, I lost my job and I'm in between jobs. She's looking for a job right now, but she's like, I'm just going to use this time to do a lot of running and get ready. She signed up for a bunch of races and she's just having fun and enjoying it and just like making the most of it, you know, instead of stressing out about it, which I thought was so cool because, you know, you might not get another time in your life where you just have a lot of time to focus on something else that's important to you. So yeah, I've been kind of inspired by that and, and just, um, yeah, just enjoying the learning process that's happening right now, going through all the COVID changes and seeing what it brings. It's, it is kind of funny how your brain makes up all these stories about what you should be doing when really nobody really makes those stories except you. <laughs> well, not you, Christine, but you know. Well, I do it too. I'm not... I'm human. You make up all my stories. <laughs> I I tend to I tend to shit all over myself quite often. <laughs> yeah, and so I've been trying to kind of watch that and um, just even things in my past, like looking back at some past times in my life and just being like, that was a really sucky time. But really, just you know, I was just focusing on all the bad things when you know, there's a lot of good things during those times too. So yeah, I'm just trying to shift my, um, you know, I'm not trying to be like a Pollyanna and just like, everything's wonderful, but just trying to be more aware of the self-talk that I have and the, you know, the negativity that I'm bringing in and trying to be mindful of that. That's what I've been working on. And the, what we're going to talk about today, the decluttering actually ties really nicely into that. Um, so yeah, should we switch gears and talk about that? Yeah, let's do it. So, so the way I heard about this is from a book. Um, that's basically like a manifestation book, like a offshoot of the law of attraction thing where you try to bring things into your life that you want by focusing on them because the theory is that the universe will always give you something. So if you're not clear on what you want, the universe will just give you like junk because you're not clear on it. But if you know what you want and you focus on that, then the universe will start giving you that. That's kind of a you know, the whole, like, the secret and all that stuff is all based on that. But this book I read, it's um, called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. (laughs) And I just saw that on my Audible um, feed, and I was like, oh, I should just give that a try. Sounds fun. And it's all about, you know, manifesting, but it's like a fun female perspective. So she says that, and I'll give, I'll put the name of the author in the show notes. It's escaping me now, but um, that you have to get rid of all the existing negative thoughts or 
not even negative thoughts, but thought patterns around whatever you're trying to manifest. So you kind of go through your life, you think through times in your life where something happened, like someone said something to you that like ingrained this belief in you that's just not true. So for example, like if you were trying to manifest like losing weight, like that's something a lot of people want to do, but that people end up self-sabotaging a lot. Like for example, if somebody's doing really well with their diet, they're feeling really good, they're working out every day and everything just feels too good to be true. So they end up kind of self-sabotaging by like eating like a whole pint of ice cream and then just skipping the gym for a week or whatever. And that might've been because when they were young, someone told them that their thighs touched when, you know, your thighs aren't supposed to touch or something. And, or your parents made you believe that you just, you know, this is just what we do is we eat and like, that's our way of doing things. And like, you, if you act like you are too good for health, for the food they're eating and want to eat healthier food, then you're stuck up or something. And so you go through and think about all the things in your life. Like maybe one of your boyfriends when you were older told you that, you know, you'd always be overweight or a doctor just told you it was like your body type or all these things that you kind of internalize that aren't true. Um, you write them down and then you say, thank you. I forgive you. I'm sorry. And I love you, which sounds super corny, but when you're actually doing this for something you care about this process for something that you care about, it really is powerful because you get so angry when you're thinking about the way that people like ingrain these unhelpful beliefs in your mind and so it's nice to be able to like you know say thank you for like the lessons I got from that I forgive you because it hurt me I'm sorry I don't really know why but that one just kind of goes in there nicely might as well cover all your bases and I love you which sounds kind of corny but it's just like bringing some infusing some love into a otherwise unloving situation so yeah so that's kind of what I how I found out about it and I've been trying it um yeah so what's your take on decluttering um well just to go back to what you were saying um at least the process you were describing reminds me a lot of the process I used uh, with that um, money manifesting course that I did from Lacey Phillips. I think it was the second episode we did. And I talked about that is you have to go through a process of reviewing these sources of your beliefs about a particular thing. So with my, my money thing, I was going back and I had all these you know, things that were ingrained, instilled in me from my parents or partners or friends or, you know, culture or whatever, um, just beliefs about money that maybe weren't even my own and going back through them. Um, we didn't do the kind of the, I'm, thank you, I'm sorry, that prayer or 
I don't know, I call it a prayer because I think it's the, the hope of Benona prayer, but um, you do like a deep meditation where you kind of relive these stories, this narrative of these disempowering beliefs and, and you turn them in, like you relive it with an empowering belief. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the same idea. You're getting some closure around it. Hopefully that's, it's rewiring in your brain somehow. Um, as far as like decluttering, um, I, I don't, I don't know because that's, that's really hard. If you're just speaking like you're decluttering from like, if I take one specific thing, so you're saying like decluttering is just taking all of these instilled belief patterns and like bringing them up to the surface, reviewing them and then trying to transform them. Right. And that's, that's the decluttering. Am I following? I mean, yeah, I don't think you're trying to transform them. I think by acknowledging them, like on a cognitive level, you can let go of them because you're like, oh, now I know why, like, I've always thought that. Okay. It's not me. It's not like my belief. It was just something that happened that is making me think that way. So at least that's how I understood it. But maybe there's some transformation happening there too. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. It's not like a very clear process. Well, you're how far into the book are you? I'm almost done with it. But okay. the decluttering is just the first part. And she kind of went over it basically like I told you. It was just like, you know, yeah. do this. And I did it. And I felt like it was helpful. But I don't know. I don't know how I would like measure that. So one thing I have been using to, and this is going to be a little more like woo. No, not even woo. But it's a little more of a spiritual process of what I would consider decluttering. Um, and this is based on some of the work of Tosha Silver. I think I've talked about her a little bit on previous episodes. Um, and that is to, you, you start like a God box. And so any kind of box, you write down whatever problem, whatever, whatever's bothering you or whatever, problem or it could even be something you want to manifest or a goal and you write it down on a piece of paper you fold it up and you put it in the box in the god box so you're offering whatever this is this problem or goal you're offering it to a higher source of love or whatever it doesn't have to be a christian god you know it's you're offering it to something greater than you it could be just to love or um, if you if you have a certain deity that you pray to, you you offer it. So you're basically handing it over to this higher form of love, so that the greatest the outcome for for your greatest good will be fulfilled. So, and that might mean your that might mean that your goal, if it's a goal doesn't it doesn't come true because it's not in your highest good but by you placing it in that box and offering it it is no longer a burden on your shoulders and that doesn't mean you still can't take actions to fulfill your goal or if you're trying to release something like a trauma or like some interaction you had if you're trying to release that doesn't mean you don't still take 
steps to in the right direction to either make it happen or to release it but you're you're basically getting it out of your mind you're like i'm not going to stress about this anymore because now it's in i never thought i'd be saying this but god's hands it's 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 up to the divine now and whatever happens is going to be for my greatest good whether it's what I would normally associate with a positive outcome or not. So in a, in a way it's decluttering your mind because this thing that's maybe taking up a lot of energy, maybe you're perseverating on it or, you know, you're, um, you're stuck in a loop about it. Now you can like, you just gave it away. It's not yours anymore. So you don't have to keep stressing about it and you can really focus on the steps to that you need to take. Yeah, I like, I like that saying it's in God's hands. I mean, I'm not a Christian um, religious person, but I always thought that was kind of a nice thing that people said, you know, well, it's in God's hands. And I just thought, wow, that must be so nice to just be able to say like, okay, I, I don't have control over this. It's in God's hands. And then, because truly, like, you don't really have control over anything, even though we like to think that we do. And so whenever I would hear people say that, I'd be like, huh, kind of a nice, you know, way of looking at things. And so whether you believe whatever kind of God you believe in, or whether you believe in the universe or whatever, consciousness, I like that of being able to just put it in with that intention of, it's basically you're saying like it's not my job to try to fix this anymore you know or try to or have to carry it anymore but it sounds like those kind of things aren't really maybe they're a little different like kind of like it's kind of like anti-manifesting <laughs> it's like the opposite of manifesting because you're 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 surrendering and you're you're, you know, you're surrendering it to someone else. You're not, you're not trying to force something to happen by doing these like tricks and stuff. You're actually just, you're actually letting go. It's, it's really a parigraha. So I was thinking about like last time or a couple times ago, you were talking about how manifesting is, can be bad because you're making things that aren't your karma. But then I was like, (laughs) But how do you know that like coming across a book that teaches you how to manifest and then manifesting the thing that you wanted to manifest wasn't your karma? Like, how do you know that? And so if you, if you read another book that says manifesting goes against karma and you believe that book, so you don't manifest, then did you break your karma? You know, it's like, I think whatever happens is your karma. I don't think you can decide to change it one way or another yeah we can get really in the weeds with like the concepts of free will and everything right now Um, but we're not going to go there this is about decluttering (laughs) don't get get too cluttered but um but that's like my like my take on um what I think decluttering my mind would be like so I'm I'm releasing this thing that I'm using a lot of processing power on i i mean i'm a i'm a person that tends to ruminate you know not everyone's like that but i i tend to ruminate on things 
And I found that this process works really well for me to free up um, some extra brain energy. So I'm not just kind of going over this, this thing in my head and obsessing about it. But um, I'll tell you real quick about the, the full moon ritual I did. And this is a really good release that you can do at any time if there's something you're really working with that you just want to let go of. And that is this coconut. It's another Tosha silver thing. But um, you buy a husked coconut and you sit with the coconut and you meditate with it. And from a very deep place, you infuse this coconut with either a problem or something you want to release or something you want to let, you know, just let go of that no longer, you no longer need in your life or something that frustrates you that you're having difficulties with right now. You infuse this coconut with your issue and this coconut becomes this container for your, your offering. So again, you're offering it to whatever power that be or love, whatever you want to call it. And after you're finished infusing this coconut, you smash the shit out of it. Hmm. And you, and it, I, I couldn't tell you how therapeutic it was to watch like the coconut bust apart and you know, the coconut water sprays everywhere. It's this, where, kind of, where did you do that? It's just, uh, found an empty parking lot, like an office oh. park parking lot. And I cleaned everything up. Um, <laughs> you know, you just take a garbage bag and just pick up the pieces that flew everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, um, you know, if you, so say like another releasing ritual is just to write something on a piece of paper and then burn it. The idea is not only that the, whatever you wrote down is gone, it's that it turns into smoke to be offered to a higher power. So this whole coconut thing is the same thing. It has that so you've infused in the center of this coconut your your whatever you're working with, and then you're doing both a physical release and this emotional release, and then it's an offering as the coconut opens is an offering to a higher power. So, yeah, I um, I've definitely seen people do the the writing something down and burning it thing. And that just seems to be like a really natural thing that people want to do. Like, you know, you see it in the movies and stuff and I've been parts of groups where we've done that. And yeah, it's just so simple, but it just makes so much sense. I think to our human brains of this is something I'm ready to let go of now and writing. I noticed that like all of these rituals involve writing or almost all of them except the coconut. But there is something about writing, like not typing, but writing with your hand, that it feels like it's taking it out of your brain. Like literally, Mm -hmm. you're taking it from your brain to your arm, to your hand, to the paper. And I've always felt that way about journaling too. If something I'm perseverating on something, or just like you said, ruminating. Once I write it down and I look at it, I'm like, oh, 
that's not that big a deal, actually. You know, it's like puts it into context. Where oh, when you see it on paper, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. While, but while it's in your head, it just feels like this huge deal, like this huge problem. And, you know, it's, yeah. So, so it seems like there's a lot of different ways to declutter, but kind of the common themes are writing it down and doing something that symbolizes a release, like whether you're saying a prayer or smashing a coconut or burning something it's kind of like a three-step process. You identify what you want to declutter, you put it in paper or meditation, and then you really- I definitely, I definitely, the writing piece is huge. I mean, I really, I really found a lot of benefit when we did the morning pages episode, just from free writing, just free writing for like 10 or 15 minutes, not even with a goal of trying to release something. Um, like I just always had a good outcome with that. And sometimes just writing for no reason and just following your train of thought, it can be very uh, therapeutic and in decluttering as well. So I want to ask what, are you working on a particular manifestation right now? Yeah, I am working on manifesting just, like wealth, which sounds kind of superficial, but not just financial wealth, but just a feeling of wealth and abundance, mm-hmm. like in all areas of my life. Because I feel like since the quarantine and everything happened, there's just been this feeling of scarcity and um, this like feeling of fear, not just in me, but I feel like societally or maybe I'm just projecting, but I've just been getting this feeling of scarcity, you know, and I know that that's not a real thing. It's just like a feeling and a a kind of a pervasive sense around me right now. And so I'm just trying to counteract that with some abundance. So I'm trying to manifest like. I love that. I love that. So you're, I mean, this is interesting. So, so like what, when you're writing things down about, because right now there's so many things happening and like news stories and everything just to kind of, just that, that further pushes that whole like scarcity mindset when, you know, because of what's happening with the economy and, and then you have, so you have like what's happening right now when we get this like, kind of, you know, closing in um, from the media about scarcity, but then it's like you have all of the things you grew up with, too, coming in and playing a role in the scarcity mindset, and and I think for a lot of people, myself at least, but I think for a lot of people, the whole pandemic has activated a lot of people's, like, prior beliefs about scarcity and what's going to happen and are we going to be okay? That and you get people are a lot of people are in survival mode. Excuse me. Oh, a lot of the things that are interesting about doing this decluttering work is that you real I'm realizing that I have a lot of beliefs that if I'm not living in scarcity, then that, that somehow makes me a bad person. Like, oh, interesting. I, if I'm comfortable 
and feel like I have everything I need, then I'm a bad person. And that counts. What, what do you mean bad? Like I'm a, um, like an evil person. Like I just like, you know, you grow up with these symbols of women, especially who are really wealthy or all evil. Oh, right. Like Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille, <laughs> the lady from The Devil Wears Prada. She was like a total bitch. And like every other person in the movies, like there was that movie with Goldie Hawn where she was like really rich and she was like a ditzy bitch. And then she like got stuck on a boat with like Kurt Russell and his family and became poor. Yeah, became, yeah then she becomes a nice person. But it always is like, oh, the the rich people aren't nice until they become poor, you know? So it's like, if you have a certain amount of wealth, then you're just an asshole. And that's just kind of a belief that has been instilled in me by the media. And, or that you need to, if you're not working to the point of like, where it's like self-harming almost like literally working yourself to death, then you, you aren't worthy of having money. And yeah, that's, that's like, definitely an American culture. Well, and like, that's kind of, you know, like my parents both immigrated here and that's kind of what I grew up with is like, you have to, get a good job and work it until you die because if you don't you won't survive Mm -hmm. and like people who just get money it doesn't last like something's wrong with that you know that doesn't happen so yeah so I'm working through a lot of like beliefs that most of the beliefs are just like oh well you shouldn't be wealthy because 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 And I was even looking back on times in my life when I was in high school and I would work like through high school just because, you know, like at restaurants and stuff. And I would have all this money for my paychecks and I would just spend all of it as soon as I got it. Because the the feeling of having money was scary. Right. You had to get rid of it. I was self-sabotaging because I was working because to be a good person, I had to work my ass off, but I wasn't allowed to have money. So, and I still feel like those beliefs creeping up all the time. I'm just like, as soon as I start to make some money, I'm just like, Oh no, you know, like that's, I'm not allowed to have this, especially if I'm enjoying my life and enjoying my job and don't feel like I'm, doing like a horrible job that I hate, then I feel like I really don't deserve to have money. You know what I mean? And yeah, that I was definitely raised with that belief. Like my parents both, um, you know, were, they were basically like, you're not supposed to like work. That's why they call it work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, it's just a way to get money. My mom used to say, she used to sing the I owe, I owe, I owe. So it's off to work. I go before she went to work. So like, imagine just being a child and you hear yeah. that. You're like, you're like, oh, okay. So I, so it's, it's normal. I should like accrue a bunch of debt and then like work 
work my ass off just to like repay my debts and be in this horrible, vicious cycle, the debt cycle. And, and as I got older and I realized how like how our economy even works, it's all based on debt. So like you can't, you can't escape that model. Even if you have, I mean, I feel like you, even if you have parents who are, are really good about teaching you about finances, it's like the, our whole country's existing model is a debt-based model. So we're going to, we're going to have to play that game. It's a weird thing. Like, you, you know, if you want to participate, you've got to play the, play the game somehow, but it can, it can really lead into a lot of limiting and destructive beliefs. I mean, yeah, especially around, I have a lot of, a lot of issues around, you know, we talked about, you can listen to episode two if you want to hear about my issues. <laughs> Go back to episode two. Yeah, I, um, I was thinking that when I was doing my decluttering, I remember I worked at a coffee shop for a while after I graduated from college. And I was like making pretty good money there and not really like spending a lot of it. So I, I just like had it all in my bank account and I've never been good at managing money, but somehow I like totally missed like picking up a paycheck from there, but I didn't really like notice it cause I wasn't living like paycheck to paycheck. I was just like, huh, like I feel like I don't have as much as I usually would. And then when I went to go pick it up, my boss was like, oh, it must be really nice to like not even have to like pick up your paycheck and you can just forget about it. Like, you know, your life must be really easy and great and like kind of gave me a hard time about it. Not even like in a joking way, like in a, you think you're so great kind of way. And I was like, oh, like I'm a bad person if I don't live paycheck to paycheck. Oh my God. He was just pre- projecting he or she was just projecting their shit onto you and had nothing to do with you well like yeah I know that now but I look back and I realize like how much of an impact that had on me yeah I was like oh my god I'm horrible when really I was just like saving my money well (laughs) yeah yeah Ugh. it's rough but yeah, so it's good to it's good to declutter. We'll see if it actually works, but it does feel like the things that I've decluttered like I f- I do feel like I I'm over them. Like do, going through the process has helped me. And as I, you know, keep my mind aware, more things come up for me to declutter. And I feel like they'll always come up. There's always going to be more things to declutter. And it's just an ongoing, it's not like you do it once and you're done. Yeah. And I feel like, like wealth, abundance, that type of thing that boils down to a lot of just feeling worthy enough to receive. And it, that's, that's an onion. And, you know, after you peel one layer back, there's going to be another layer. Um, a lot of the things that I've been working with are, are things that I've worked with a lot. And I thought I was kind of over I was through it and then it's just it it's little things come up again you're like okay so there was still some something left that held a charge for me so it's it's a journey I don't think you ever get there you know it's Mm -hmm. it's all about the process and you just keep continuing the process throughout life and you just you, you become a better person happier person more at ease more calm person 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not bound by those limiting beliefs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I liked the decluttering. I think I'll keep doing it for a little while, at least. Yeah, I'm into decluttering um, my place. Been, I mean, a lot of people have been doing that since the pandemic started. I'm still finding things to get rid of, to organize. I just bought, like, the other day I bought an organizer for all my yoga stuff. And all my all my yoga books now I have on there. I have my props. I have some little, you know, little statues and, like, fun things. And I used to just kind of have everything laying laying in the floor and I find things in drawers and now I have everything. It's everything's organized. It's not cluttery. I, I'm really into like, I feel like decluttering your physical environment also helps you declutter your mental environment too. And I've noticed like when I start to declutter my space, my physical space, I'm more likely to, to journal and start decluttering my mental space too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're one of those people out there that's having trouble getting going on something like this, or you want to start a journaling practice, but it's just like, you just won't. Sometimes it's easier just to start with something physical and start clearing that stuff out. And then it'll just kind of carry over and you can start cleaning out your mental space too. Yeah, that's a great point. There is something just so nice about getting rid of any kind of clutter oh my god some people are more sensitive to it than others i know like in my relationship um i am definitely the one who needs less clutter clutter does not seem to bother my partner who also has add so (laughs) the clutter gets really intense around here um with projects getting started and not finished but yeah, most people, I think, feel better in an uncl- uncluttered space. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm always the one getting in trouble for leaving stuff on the couch or stuff on the entryway bench. Like, there's certain areas that should always be clutter-free, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Oh, my God, I'm so teague in that situation. Because I'm the same way. I'm like, stop, like... Hello, Tibor always put stuff on the, um, on the kitchen counter. And we have a really small kitchen. We have a really small apartment. Our kitchen's small. There's not a lot of counter space. So it's like, you know, he'll just come home from work and like pile stuff up on the counter. And I'm like, ah, I'm trying to like cook and do stuff. <laughs> That's like a place where you don't want clutter to keep. Yes. Well... I'm the clutter accumulator in our relationship to some degree. I mean, I've never, I wouldn't say I've ever seen your house cluttered. Like, no, I'm, I'm also though, I'm a pretty like neat person with my spaces. Like I like, I'll, once they start to get cluttery, I'll like declutter them pretty quickly. Like, so you have a low, low clutter threshold. (laughs) Yeah, I have, for certain things, clutter in certain areas doesn't bother me, but in certain areas it does. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. Well, guys, if you want to send us an email and let us know what your clutter threshold is, or if you're working on decluttering anything in your life, you can send us a message at gettingweirdpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we'll um, maybe share what you shared with us on the air. Uh, so yeah, write something in and let us know how your guys are doing with all this stuff. If you're trying any of it or from any past episodes, if you've tried anything too. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's all for me. What do you think, Christine? Yeah, I think this is a good, good spot to wrap it up. All right. Well, as usual, thanks for tuning in. Um, and as Christine mentioned earlier, make sure you give us a like or subscribe on iTunes if you have a moment. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. I'm Daria. And I'm Christine. Reminding you to get a little weird. Get very weird. <laughs> now in beverage form. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not really. Bye. So long.